Oh, we got a great episode of the OP Radio Podcast. I'm going to go and babble on my live stream for a little bit. As you know by now, live streaming most mornings on my Facebook and on my YouTube. So we'll babble a little bit on that, and then we're going to get to Pat Duffy. All right, let's get things going. This episode sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E to get 20% off. Benjamin Tucker, what's going on? Good morning. Good morning, Jeff May. How are you? Just getting started here. What's up, Lisa Connor? Hi, GH. It sucks because when we get these rainy mornings like this, the uh, the we can't bring the dog out to the beach because he, he comes back like he's a breaded uh, chicken cutlet. <laughs> he's got sand every fucking where. So it makes for a nightmare. Um, and there's not much road uh, where I live either. So um, he pretty much will shit on the deck today that's his life and he doesn't understand any of that he's like why aren't we on the beach we're usually on the beach this time of day why why because uh greetings from norway sunny here and minus 55 degrees ole vandal or something like that but you got the two dots over one of your letters i don't know how to pronounce that shit well welcome uh norway brother man brother man what's up pat duffy Happy birthday to your daughter, my friend. Pat Duffy's a damn good father. 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, I, I thought it was, I thought he said minus 55. I'm like, wh- where the hell are you? I think you put a dash in there. Uh, and then that dash, I was assuming, was minus 55 degrees. But happy birthday to Pat Duffy's daughter. I think she's now three. That's fucking nuts. Who would have thought? That Pat Duffy from the past would have been um, a really good father. No offense to you. Because like we've discussed, we've discussed on the podcast, we've discussed personally. Um, I was scared of Pat Duffy when he worked for the ONA show. He was fucking nuts. And then it turns out he's uh, one of the more normal guys. And he's a father of two. Works his ass off. I think it's about time we get you back on the podcast. Don't you think there, Mr. Duffy? <laughs> Does Pat Duffy feed his daughter like a baby bird? <laughs> Paul Spinella, Jesus. I think we should tap out right now, man. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God damn, I just got $20. Sorry. Kid doesn't make a lot of money these days. Jay Hale, $20. Oh, you get a lot of crap but you were so important to the greatest radio show of all time oh my goodness you were great on ona and i missed those days f wig stern wow thank you i don't give a fuck about the shit i get i know what i did for uh i would say one of the greatest radio shows of all time i absolutely would say that and yeah the people that know know unfortunately you get people that uh, decided to pick sides and then they got to dig in and, and, and fight day after fucking day. But thank you, buddy. That means a lot. I mean, the $20 means more, but no, I'm just kidding. Thank you. You just made my morning, brother. Cheers. Uh, Bob Lord, they were great times, but it's time for the new chapters. Well, I've been, oh my God. 
goodness, I just got $50 from BT. Cut your hair, brah. Oh, Benjamin, you fuck. <laughs> Benjamin Tucker moved over to YouTube. <laughs> Benjamin Tucker, thank you, buddy. Benjamin Tucker, um, no joke, has given me a lot of money on these live streams. And I'm not going to lie to you. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I, I don't really make a lot of money these days. I'm not complaining, but like I told you yesterday, you want to know something, just ask it. I'll tell you, because everyone else is trying to like just throw bullshit out there. Yeah, the fact is, I don't make a lot of money. My podcast does well, but it doesn't sell a lot of ads. And because a lot of people download it, um, I get killed with bandwidth charges. Like I get destroyed by bandwidth charges. And the advertising, uh, it, the advertising covers it, but it doesn't leave any, um, uh, not much extra uh, funds coming in. That's all. And I'm not, I'm not crying poverty. I'm just, uh, I'm just being truthful. Easier to get a comment through on YouTube. Numbers aren't as high here. Yeah, my YouTube channel sucks. I used to have an amazing YouTube channel, and then I just let it go to shit. So I'm, I'm slowly but surely trying to revive it so yeah over on youtube i don't get a lot of um uh, a lot of uh people on the live streams but uh, i'm gonna watch that number grow day after fucking day uh gary krasinski okay opie truth the day your wife fell on the ice and broke her shoulder what did you do with the groceries you son of a bitch <laughs> oh the shoulder god damn it I, I i want that one back so badly I knew that those, those stairs were really, really icy, but we're still in the in the midst of the uh, the ice storm, so I couldn't get salt down and and break up the ice on those goddamn stairs. So now we're in uh, copay hell. That'll be fifty dollars. Uh, we 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 didn't do anything yet. Yeah, I know, but as soon as you walk in the door, it's fifty dollars. And then she goes to rehab and they lift her arm up for her like 10 times and they go, that'll be $50. But doesn't our insurance? Yeah, but that's the copay. Copays are fucking brilliant. I've talked about this before, but copays, I want to be mad at that, but it's fucking brilliant. I wish when I was doing a radio show that every guest that came through that goddamn studio door and a lot of them, we helped them more than they helped us. Although a bunch of those guys obviously brought amazing content to the radio show, of course. But then there were a lot of people that came through that we had to pretty much carry them on our fucking backs. I wish I was in the, in the copay uh, program for every person that walked through that door as they're leaving. I, I, I go, that will be $50. And they would go, for what, man? I just came in to promote my show in Phoenix. I go, yeah, it's a copay though. It's a copay. It's a, it's a, it's an a, it's a insurance scam. Yeah, but somebody had to come up with a copay, and then I guarantee people are like, no one's gonna fucking buy this. No one's gonna just pay fifty dollars. Oh yeah, you watch. And then one doctor figured it out, and the rest said, this is fucking brilliant. Now we have lunch money all day long. Can I use your bathroom? Uh, that'll be fifty dollars. Yeah, but it's 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 a copay. All you have to do is say it's a copay, and there's no argument anymore. 
Oh, look at Michael Pelkins made it into the Facebook room. Mr. Fuck Democracy, how are you, Mikey baby? <laughs> I just want to get him going. <laughs> Mikey. Mikey was close to storming the Capitol. Because uh, the last time we talked, you said you were going down to Washington for that big, uh, what was it, the big rally? <laughs> What's up, Mike? <laughs> Stupid politics. That's my name, Mike says. It's stunt brain, everybody. He really believed in the Trump. And to the point he got mad that I didn't believe in the Trump. I'm sorry. I'm so oh, you smelled that it was gonna be a problem, Stump Brain? Okay. Do you believe that they should impeach President Trump with everything we know about the storming of the Capitol? Knowing that Trump was kind of for saying F democracy. Now they're gonna have a uh, a trial in the Senate. But they already know that um, he's going to be acquitted. What's your thoughts, Stunt Brain? And you have to do it in the comments quickly as everybody else is flying by with their comments. Because I think they only got like five Republican senators, I think, that will vote for impeachment. I just don't want to ruin our friendship, Mike, over, uh, over stupid politics. You hear? You hear me? Uh, Mike says, Opelka, Stunt Brain, nope. If you do, you must impeach Bernie for nearly killing Steve uh, Scalise. Oh, wow. You do the whataboutism game. Strong. I think they're all playing the same game, Mikey. That's what we used to talk about on the old radio show. They all play the same game. Never lost me, not over politics. All right. I like hearing that, Stunt Brain. Well, I, I think Bernie Sanders got fucked because I think that was the candidate, the, um, the people wanted on the other side. And they, they, they fucked him uh, two times now. That's why he showed up at the inauguration looking all comfy, sitting there like, fuck all this. This is all bullshit. I should be the candidate. The people wanted me, and my own party fucked me over. We all know that. There was a time uh, Joe Biden was dead in the water, and they propped that motherfucker up. Yeah, that's because Bernie's an independent and not a true Dem. Warren, yeek, as the prince says. <laughs> I hate them all. I hate them all. <laughs> I hate them all. I've tapped out. I think that's one reason why I didn't want uh, Trump reelected, because I really didn't want to spend more time on him. As, as we're spending a little time on him this morning, I understand. But uh, since, uh, since Trump uh, went bye-bye, uh, I, I could see my life has improved. I don't know. Maybe Biden fucks everything up. I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. But the one thing I can tell you is that in my house, we're like, holy shit, we're not watching cable news as much. I looked at my son and went, oh, my God, you you're four inches taller. When did that happen? Like I'm focusing on other things is my point here. And it, and it feels damn good because Trump is brilliant at getting people to talk about him. He is brilliant at that. I, I said that from um, from the jump, as as the kids like to say. Biden is a bore. So when I do watch cable news just to see what's going on, now I can watch for a, a segment, know what's going on, what they're trying to do and work on, and then I turn off the TV and, and I've been watching a lot more documentaries, and it's been nice. I watched that dumb show on Netflix called uh, Repair Shop, I think it's called. It's so boring and slow, and I'm like, you know what? This is my speed now after a Trump presidency. 
I'm going to watch this guy fix this clock that hasn't worked in 20 years. <laughs> but what pisses me off about that show, and I, I, I'm sure there's not one person watching this right now that even watches the damn show, but they reupholster chairs. And these people will come in like, oh, my God, this chair means everything to me. It's been in our family for generations and generations. Pop Pop used to sit on this chair and I would sit on his knee. And it would be really wonderful if you could uh, bring it back to life. I'm like, all right, that's a good story. Let me check this out. Right. And then they got an expert that takes this chair that is everything to this family that's been in their family for generations. They strip it all the way down to the frame and rebuild the chair and hand it back to them. Like it's still the, the same chair. It's not the same chair at that point, all brand new cushioning and springs and fabrics. And they hand back the chair. They're like, Oh my God. And I'm like, you should have saw it a few hours ago when it was just, a wooden frame with a tiny little metal left on it. They they got rid of everything that made it a special chair. Does Yopster ever come out or is he retired? Uh, Blair James Stewart wants to know. I don't understand your question, sir. You mean like me being a dick? <laughs> Grandpa hoping his upholstery shows Gary Krasinski. <laughs> I'm also watching the Fran Lebowitz um, documentary series with Martin Scorsese. Uh, it's wonderful, man. She's a, she's a humorist and she's a, a curmudgeon and uh, it speaks to me. And she, she talks about uh, a lot, of, a lot of things that probably all of us can relate to. And she talks about a lot of stuff uh, about New York city. It's, it's great. It's like seven or eight episodes. Um, that's the one I really like that I'm turning people on to right now. And uh, if you watch, you got to focus on Martin Scorsese. They do a lot of, um, scenes where they're talking in front of an audience at theaters and stuff. And Martin Scorsese has all sorts of tics and will just start laughing uncontrollably out of nowhere. Although Fran Leibowitz is very, very funny. Um, and then he'll just stop on a dime and it's really kind of creepy. It's almost like he, he knows he's supposed to laugh at that moment. Uh, I'm not really sure if he's actually listening to what she's saying, but he's, He's reacting in a way like he feels like he should, if that makes sense. Oh, I think they are saying that you used to be Greg Cuse, the actor who plays Opie. I remember when you said this is the Opster or this is Greg Cuse, the actor that plays Opie, usually in opposite situations, respectively. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, when you're on the radio, it's an exaggerated, um, it's, it's, it's an exaggerated version of your personality. Um, I try to explain to people, but they don't understand it. Like the stuff I used to do on the radio, I have, I have no regrets. If, if we sat here for two hours and you guys brought up stuff, then maybe, you know, but there's a lot of things I did that I probably forgot about, God, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but when you're on the radio, it's an exaggerated version of your personality. It certainly is, uh, is part of me. But, you know, you turn on a mic and you know you're talking at one point. Holy fuck, man. It was. It was millions of people a week. Um, so, you know, you, you pump up your personality and it's a, it's an exaggerated version. Uh, I try to tell people, like, if I walked through life acting like that, how I did on the radio, I, I would get punched in the face every single fucking day. So I guess that's what I mean by that. And, and my dad, 
he loved the radio show. I, I've explained this, but I'll, I'll explain it again here. My dad was a huge fan of the uh, the show. He called in a few times way early when me and Anthony were at WNEW. He was a mess medically, but um, he uh, he really liked the show. And and when we would get together and do a lot of breakfasts uh, together in Northport at the Shipwreck Diner, if you need to know, a nice little spot in Northport. You, you have a little meal there, and then you walk down to the harbor and take a little walk. Oh, my God. I just sounded like Bill Burr there. Um, a little bit. Relax. I know. Um, he would sit me down, and he goes, dude, I, 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 love, I love your personality on the radio, and certainly that is uh, partially you. He goes, but why don't you let the other side of, uh, of who you are out? And I thought that was stupid. I thought that was just stupid and dumb. And then, unfortunately, I had a, um, you know, my dad dies in 2004. And then at that point, uh, what he said to me kind of started sinking in. And then I allowed myself to, to put more of my real self on the radio. Um, even right now, as I, as I do this live stream, this is an exaggerated uh, version of me. But I would say this is uh, closer to who I actually am than a lot of the uh, years on the uh, uh, the radio show, if that makes sense. I don't know. I don't think – I think it's almost impossible to turn this on and just be completely yourself because I know there's people out there. They want to be entertained. They're hoping maybe to laugh. So, you know, I'm here f feeling the pressure, and I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, I, I – if if it was just me right now, I I would probably be talking a lot slower. There'd be a lot of pauses, but I feel kind of um, the urgency of this. If if that makes sense, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Primordial, yours. What is, what are you doing, Primordial? Okay, off to check out Jim and Sam. They are a little more friendly and welcoming. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? Uh, well, have fun. Have fun uh, doing that. I, I, I couldn't tell you the, anything about that show. I, I do know that it never hits my radar. That could be the first time it actually hit my radar. Uh, I mean, if, if, if someone said, hey, are, are Jim and Sam still on the radio at, at Sirius? My answer would have to be, I don't know. Now, I could go on Twitter and maybe go on their show account. And then I would go, oh, okay, they're still on the radio. That That is the truth, my my Pat Duffy. Fuck Sam Roberts. I, I wish I'd listened to you back in the day there, Pat Duffy. Um, but that is a true answer. I would have to say I don't know because it doesn't, it doesn't hit my radar on a regular basis. No one around me talks about it. My Twitter is pretty much clean. It doesn't talk about their show. Um, they can't possibly be doing well and, and building an audience. I think they're just left with um, the scraps of the old Opie and Anthony show. I think that's, I think that's who's left over there, and one reason why they uh, they kept them, I guess, just to get the last bit of uh, coins from the Opie and Anthony audience that we brought to Sirius XM back in the day, because that audience has dramatically uh, dwindled over the years. So, and this guy says jealous Uh Jimmy Ital, jealous Opie, no. No, I just answered the question. That's that's how I feel. I'm telling you the truth. Why why would I be jealous? It, it, I mean, you could you could go about your own life and go on your own social media, and what I said would be exactly the truth. 
there's no buzz on that. There's buzzes on podcasts. There's no buzz on Howard Stern at all where I sit. Honestly, full disclosure, they, they took away my SiriusXM, my VIP account as soon as they got fired. They wanted to make it hurt. And I kind of liked a few of the channels. I, I never really liked any of the talk channels, to be honest with you, but I liked uh, the Pearl Jam channel and a few other things that they had over there. But they took my shit away immediately. So I have no access to, to listen to SiriusXM at all. So what I'm saying here is based on um, people around me and my social media, and I hear literally nothing about them. And that's the fact. What I do hear, I hear about uh, Joe Rogan. I hear about uh, Bill Burr and Bert Kreischer, to name a few. Um, the Bodega Boys. Um, oh, and I should add, because I, I am honest, no one's talking about me. I know I'm dead in the water. I'm not stupid. I'm not sitting here trying to say that the world is talking about uh, Opie and his podcast. I do okay, but uh, I'm not in that discussion. People talk about the Rogan show and the Burke Kreischer and the Bill Burr. I'm trying to think of a few others out there. Uh, Chris Stefano's got a bit of a buzz that uh, Tim Dillon has a bit of a buzz. Those are the people that are, are, you know, talked about when you go about your life. Tom Segura, yeah, you got to add him to the that discussion and, and Joey Diaz. But no one's talking about Jim and Sam. Holy fuck. That, don't get mad at me because I just told you the truth. Dan Gingras, you're doing more than okay, brother. I'm doing all right. Um, and I, I left Anthony out of that discussion because I, I do <clears throat> I do hear about Anthony a lot because, you know, he, he decided to turn his whole audience against me. So, but I don't know if they, but I know that's more about just a, a fucking tsunami of hate that comes from him than actually, um, you know, um, his, his actual show. I, I, I don't know anything about his show. I would assume it's, it's, uh, you know, still incredibly, uh, conservative right wing, uh, talking points. I would assume that I, I don't think he, he left that world, but I, that, I don't know. I don't, I don't tune him in. I've, I've, I've explained that I've, I've tuned him in very minimally since, um, since our show broke up six and a half plus years ago, very minimally. And I couldn't even tell you the last time. The last time has to be a couple of years easily. Yakov Shmirnov, George Salvi Jr. with the question mark. Um, that's about a year ago, I think. That was one of the last uh, episodes of the podcast I did in New York City. And then it, all hell broke loose after that. But Yakov's like, you, you got to meet me in my hotel room. And I'm like, what the hell is this about? What a country. And uh, I called him Mike Sappho, you know, he helps with the podcast, not as much lately because I'm, I'm over here and he's over there, but um, we still keep in touch. And I go, Mike, uh, Yakov Smirnoff wants me to go to his hotel room for the podcast. He goes, I'll be right over. I'm like, thank you. That's why I was calling. So we go over there and I have to sit on a, like a, a love seat with Yakov Smirnoff. And uh, and podcast with him awkwardly with a camera just just pointing at uh, this couch, um, and I don't know what was going on in that hotel because as we're walking and we already start recording as we're walking toward his room, there was uh, there was a gay guy walking the hallway right behind us, and he was he was he was basically doing cat calls towards me and Mike Sappho, and he was hoping that 
that me and Mike were a thing and he was going to join us. I'm like, what is going on in this hotel? And then he walked by us after he whistled a couple times. And then we, uh, and then, uh, we turn around and there's Yakov Smirnov also walking down the hall. And then we, uh, long story short, we went in and did a fine episode of the podcast. Becky says, that was a good one. So uncomfortable. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Rachel Grinder meet up. What the? F <laughs> Rachel beats me up every day now. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. I wouldn't mind if it was just Opie and Anthony without Jimmy. Oh, boy. That's a discussion for another day. Jimmy was uh, in incredibly talented. I said was because I don't really know much about Jimmy these days. I know he started obsessing about his stupid cartoon voices. But uh, Jimmy fit in perfectly when he first came on board. Um, and then uh, over the years, and shit happens, things change. And uh, obviously, Jimmy and Anthony got very, very close. And uh, I think the show, um, I was odd man out, I'm not going to lie to you. And I think in a lot of ways, the, the show uh, got better when it started changing. But I also think it got uh, worse. Uncle Paul makes me puke. <sighs> you guys are trying. Not, not today. Not today. Uh, Rachel goes, I know none of these fools Opie is speaking about. That's really fascinating to me. Um, Rachel is a, a new fan. She uh, is a fan I picked up uh, when I started podcasting. I, I find that really fucking cool. Like I said, I, I have no regrets about the past, but, um, you know, in the end, uh, the Opie and Anthony show will always be the most important thing to a lot of people that I did in my career. But to me, it was just, uh, just one of the many stages. To me right now, uh, I loved, loved doing the, the podcast with uh, Carl and Sherrod and Vic Kenley and Krista Stefano. I loved that little stage uh, just as much, if not more. I think a little more time would have to go by and then I could really fully think about it. But I was a bitter, bitter man when that Opie and Anthony show ended. So uh, when I started working with those guys, I really started enjoying myself again. Onward and upward. Well, I think you got to. I think you got to keep moving forward no matter what you do in life, right? You and Mark Norman would make a good radio show. Give it a shot. I'm try I, I try to get him on my podcast, and uh, there were a lot of, uh, well, there were a couple times where he never even responded, uh, to be completely honest with you. And so I just had to kind of let that go. There's a, another real answer. Like I said, you want to know the answer to something, just fucking ask. Stop making shit up. Okay. Okay. I'm so pumped because uh, Pat Duffy's going to join the podcast in just a second here. But first, I want to talk about Manscaped.com. Use the promo code OPOPIE to get 20% off and free shipping. Great gifts for the man in your life. Hey, fellas, we're in the thick of winter and uh, storms are brewing. It looks like one of three inches are in the forecast. So when are you going to trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants? Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They want me to talk about my Manscaped razor. I I've told you everything I can tell you about this damn thing. I've shaved everything. The next thing to go, I'm going to take the razor that's for my balls, and I'm going to shave my head. Oh, yes, I am. 
They got the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped's Performance Package is the best buy of 2021. The Performance Package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Weed Whacker. Ear and nose hair trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Look, have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? Of course you have. Don't be that guy. In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. This bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant. That will make your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will make your balls look up at you and say, Thank you! 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code OPOPIE. Don't forget to use that. It helps me out. That's 20% off with the free shipping at Manscaped.com. Dot com. Use the promo code OPOPIE. Hey, thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look so good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Duffy. Good morning. I'm a little off guard because I was I, you know, naturally with kids, you run late. So I was like, yeah. All right, I'll be at my I'll be at my spot. I'll be good to go. And now I'm still just driving there. So Bear with me for a second, but I can, I can hang, you know. I'd rather have you on the live stream while you're driving because there's always that potential that you could be in a, you know, a pretty decent car wreck. Not not that you would be <laughs> dramatically injured or dead or anything, but it would just, you know, it, it would add some excitement to this thing. I've I've watched enough man, you know, live streams his own death videos, so that it will be nice to join that club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which, during the, the, the latest episode of the podcast with Mike Pichetti, he kind of had a medical issue in the middle of the recording of the damn thing, and I just left it in the in the podcast. I'm always primed for a heart attack at any point, so I'm ready to go. No, no. How old are you now? <laughs> uh, 35. There's a couple things. If you make it to like 42 without mm. a heart attack, then you're going to make it to 74 is the next age. And then if you make it to 74, a lot of people die when they turn 74. Look it up for yourself. Uh, but if you make it past 74, then you go all the way to 90. That's how it works. Do you even want to get to 90, though? By that point, everything hurts. You know, you, you can't even stand up without help. My dad just turned 69. And right. I was like, all right. And he goes, he goes, I got maybe another good 10 years and then just get rid of me. So, I, mean, I, I kind of agree with that that logic, you know. I don't know how long you really want to go. Well, I've been around long enough where uh, when I was growing up, 90 looked horrendous. It looked yeah. like a rotting apple just sitting in a chair. But now, man, you see it all the time. 90 is, is not as bad as it used to be. But the thing about it is I, I live too hard at 35 to look good at 90. But you got to keep it together because you're, you're, uh, you know, you got two kids now there, uh, Pat. I cannot believe I said it yesterday that you're a father. You got a three year old, and I think you got a 10 year old. Yeah, I got a, I got a three year old daughter and a 10 year old stepdaughter. So it, 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 yeah, and that's why I don't live as hard as I do anymore because, you know, I got to stay alive for them and I got to be as good as I can for them. 
wait till your kids get older and they start commenting on what you're eating. At this point, I'm not allowed to eat ice cream anymore. And I want to, <laughs> I want to take my kids by the neck and go, do you realize what I used to fucking do? This is nothing. Well, my three-year-old's on a kick right now where all she wants to eat is pickles and cheese. Well, yeah, but you learn that uh, these kids can pretty much eat anything. They're garbage cans, and then it, uh, food doesn't really affect them at all. They just rock and roll all day long with their energy. You eat one shitty meal, and you'll, you'll feel it for two days. Oh, yeah. No, I've been doing the intermittent fasting because I'm, try yeah. I'm, tr you know, I'm trying to just live a little healthier, and it's like I find myself like if I, if I wait all the way to the end of my fast and then I eat something shitty that I shouldn't, I feel right. it for like seven hours. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's the worst. A hundred percent. I hear you're getting in a little trouble on uh, online there, Pat Duffy. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, my favorite show of all time is The Walking Dead, and right. I love that show. So they put up a post the other day. Like I don't know if they hired new social media people or whatever, but they've been doing a lot of like quote unquote woke posts. Yeah. And there was a post on there the other day that was like, if you're bothered by the amount of lgbtq plus people on our show then just go ahead and unfollow us so the amount of people that are on that show is unrealistic and i understand that it's a show about zombies which is unrealistic <laughs> to begin yeah. with like i get that but the amount of lgbtq plus is unrealistic in the amount where in a show where the setting is 90 percent of the world's population is dead the amount of those people, I can't say those people, LGBTQ plus right. <laughs> is right. unrealistic. Like, say you have 100 people, like the whole cast of, across three shows is 100 people. And there's, yeah. like 10, there's like 10 to 12 LGBTQ plus people. And yeah. if you go with the, the total population in the world, there's like 2 to 3% in America. Right. Anyway. I shouldn't say the world. So it's just unrealistic. So all I said was doesn't bother me at all, but I think that it's unrealistic the amount of the amount of LGBTQ plus people that are on the show. And holy yeah. shit, am I getting dragged? Like <laughs> it's unbelievable how dragged I'm getting on Twitter. And like everybody thinks I'm a piece of shit and I'm a bigot and a homophobic and a homophobic. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not homophobic. The, the reality is is that I don't care. Like right. you do whatever you do whatever you want to do. I don't care. And I just was pointing it out for you know coming from perspective that if 90% of the world's population was gone and you had a group of a hundred people, you would yeah. maybe have two or three people that are that persuasion. And there's people on there that are replying to this. It's got like hundreds of replies where people think I'm the biggest piece of shit that ever walked the earth. And, <laughs> right. and it's, it's amazing because I, you, you know, you can't get a word in edgewise with anybody. So I don't even care. Like I've just ghosted the whole thing pretty much. And, but you have people that are on there like, I've never seen the show, but I'm so happy to see the representation and all yeah. this other stuff. and I'm just like you don't even watch the show like you don't know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I mean? And it's it, oh, it's uh, unbelievable, and it just makes me think about cancel culture in general. And I can't believe that they're trying to cancel me. Like what? I'm nobody. You yeah. know? I think Hollywood is pushing that agenda a little too uh, a little too much. And for you to point it out, uh, the logic of it is not uh, bad at all. And I also think to get full acceptance in society in general, you got to be able to fucking lighten up and and take some of this stuff as a group. You can't yeah. be so sensitive that someone like Pat Duffy, a working man, a blue collar guy with two kids that he's trying to, you know, feed, makes a, a logical comment about the walking dead. That's something you should be able to say and, and you get attacked for that. 
Oh yeah. And and it's like even this morning I was like, Oh, it's gotta be calmed down by now. And I like went on and checked it and it's still like ninety plus notifications. Like you people still haven't let it go. Just forget about it. Over the years with uh, the controversy I, I've had doing the radio show and beyond, and every once in a while you get yourself in a situation, the cake stomp uh, comes to mind, yeah. and then you realize you got this tsunami of hate coming your way. And at first you think you could pick them off and explain yourself like, no, no, you got to understand the whole story. We knew the guy, blah, blah, blah. And, and, oh, yeah. and you'll get some that'll go, oh, okay, now that you explain that to me, that's okay. And then you'd see more and more and more hate and you realize it's just a tsunami and it's just going to completely take you out. So what I end up doing, and it's happened over the years, I just realized I got to just shut her down. I shut her down yeah. for about a week and then I finally come back and you'll see just a couple bloops coming in still. Bloop. It's not that out of control hate where they wish just terrible things on you and your family. I'm like, oh yeah, you saw this video. And you think I would? I was purposely hating a homeless guy, which is simply not true, and I don't feel like explaining it here. But then it justifies the hate that you're going to throw at me. What's this? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. No, and they, you know they, according to them, like that's just one of the times you did it. It just happened to catch it on camera. That's your hobby. Yeah, yeah, that's what my life is. I wander around New York making <laughs> uh, homeless lives miserable. I'm like, no, you idiot! It was also done for uh, for a show. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, just explaining this now will get uh, get everyone fired up. It's funny oh, yeah. you mentioned the cancel culture and, and what you can and can't say because on Twitter, right before I turn this thing on, uh, PETA, PETA oh. is in the news today. <laughs> Are you ready for this? You know there's words out there we're not allowed to, to say anymore, right? I was always against that because I said, look, you take one word out you know, out of society, then every group is going to want their word out. And and uh, fast forward, that's exactly what's happening. And now it's now it's all the way down to PETA. PETA's pissed off because people use animals as insults. <laughs> they say using animals as insults perpetuates uh, speciesism. Did you know this was a term, Pat Duffy? If you call somebody a chicken, they don't like that PETA because they're, they're you're basically saying that animals are less than. And look, I love animals, and the fact is. You know, uh, until I see them waiting for a bus alongside us, I consider <laughs> So instead of wow. saying chicken, they say coward. Instead of saying rat, they want you to say snitch. Instead of saying snake, they want you to say jerk. Instead of uh, saying pig, they want you to say repulsive. And instead of sloth, they want you to say lazy. So the funny thing about the PETA thing is the fact that they have no problem with you insulting people. <laughs> Which I think is the real issue here. You probably should be, you know, nicer to your fellow human beings in general. But they don't have a problem with you insulting your fellow human being. They so, they, they just don't want you to do it uh, as far as uh, in animal terms go. They're choosing to be offended for a speed of animals that can't understand what we're saying. Yeah, of course they don't give a so, shit. They just want to lick their balls and, and try yeah. to find their meal. Literally, like my, I have two dogs, and their entire priority in life is going, is pissing, shitting, and eating. Yeah, and they don't even they don't know the concept of being offended by anything, and yet these guys wake up and they go, you know what? I'm going to be pissed off for a dog today. Like, like yeah. who cares? You're defending uh, an animal that doesn't give two shits. Yeah, at you, know all. Like, you know what I like to do? Like, this is like this is. I mean, you can trace this to the source, but I like to when there's always like that theory where people get like cancel culture, like. 
someone was offended at the use of the word amen so they use a woman and I, yeah. what i like what i like to do is like i hear about the outrage over people being mad about it and i like to yeah. try and trace trace it back to like who is the original person sitting in their dorm room who was like you know yeah. what i'm i'm mad about amen today and i try to yeah. find it and it's and it's hard like it's really hard yeah. to trace that stuff back and it's almost like it's it's get it was originally said maybe like in jest like tongue in cheek and then blown out of proportion and then it gets taken seriously so maybe somebody was sitting at PETA and they were like you know what i bet you that would really make a dog mad if i called it a, you know an idiot or whatever and they're right. like oh yeah yeah and then it just it you know snowballs and now they're, yeah. they're they're organizing on campus to protect the dog's feelings i think it's all bs and i think there's a whole group of people out there they're spending most of their days trying to find the next thing to be pissed off about when it wasn't a problem to begin with everyone is part of a tribe right it's a lot of tribalism yeah. going on in society now and so if you're part of a tribe you're trying to get points for your particular tribe and this is how they do it but the fact right. is no one thinks twice when they see a disgusting human being gorging <laughs> out at a fast food joint and and you're mumbling under your bread uh breath excuse me what a fucking pig now they want right. you to say what fucking repulsive person <laughs> i mean it's it's, it's it's just a dad. Come on. Well, I, you know, remember Fatty Pig Fatty? That's it. You can't do that. Repulsive person, repulsive person. <laughs> that Fatty Pig Fatty contest was, uh, I think that explained the Opie and Anthony show perfectly because do you remember <laughs> when those, those women came out? They were like rock stars. Oh, it yeah. wasn't like a story moment where we brought these really big human beings on a stage and, and pointed and laughed. They were out of their fucking mind and and the women owned it the crowd was yep. all about like you know giving them props for having the balls to do this and uh i guess the contest was we were trying to find the 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 heaviest woman in, in the country basically you know you, I, I mean i'll bring it up but it, i find it really funny that like that serious xm like i i listen all i listen to now are podcasts like i i got rid of serious xm a long time ago like even before you guys were done because I just got tired of paying for it. And yeah. so like I moved on to podcasts, like I don't listen to regular radio and it like, it blows my mind that a company like that, and you've said this before, but like they'll still choose to pay a guy like Howard Stern a hundred million dollars yeah, or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's like, it blows my mind because everywhere you go online and people talk about Sirius XM, which in reality, they're not talking about Sirius XM. They talk about how shitty the music sounds how dumb the, the talk channels are, how they don't use yeah. like even the traffic channels or the weather channels or anything like that. And it just, it, like, it's not a sustainable business model. You know, I mean, I'm an expert, obviously. Nobody I know has satellite radio, even period. Like, and it, it blows my mind that, that they think it's still as relevant as they do. That's all they got. I mean, when I was there, you had a lot of very lazy executives, special, especially the, the middle guys. Right. And they just sat in those offices, you know, you, you, you wonder what the hell they, they even did. And, <laughs> yeah. and they just figured if they have Howard Stern, that's all they need. That's their business model. And God bless them. It, I think it was successful for a very, very long time. But they never set themselves up for the future. And that's why they had to sign Howard again. Because without Howard, they know so many, uh, so many people are going to just drop their service. But he's not, he's not bringing it anymore at all. So they're in this weird gray area where they, 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 wasted years trying to set up the the future they got yeah. this old relic that isn't the same fucking guy whatsoever and they know they they're 
that Howard's just holding him hostage, basically, and they have to pay him whatever he wants. I mean, th this company still puts satellites in the sky. <laughs> and there was a time that made all the sense in the world. And I remember watching those uh, those rocket launches where they're like, oh, a brand new satellite for Sirius XM. And it was exciting. And like it, it felt new, like new technology, new media. But now, like, that sounds so ridiculous. Look at what we're doing. It's This is just on my stupid phone. We're, we're not yeah. bouncing off the satellite that's uh, orbiting the Earth right now. It's all about podcasting now. Back in the day, Eric Logan sat me down. He said, uh, you know, that Wi-Fi and broadband was going to be the big fucking thing. So embrace that. And he also said that it's all it's going to be all about podcasts. And I was making – no, I, I mean, I – I got to be honest. I was making too much money. I mean, I, I, you never can make too much money, but I, I was doing well as far as money goes, and we had huge success. So I also failed by looking at the future. I, I went to Eric Logan like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're set up nice here. We're talking to millions of people. We're making really good money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But never thought about the future. And if I started a podcast when Eric Logan told me, this was like even pre-Mark uh, Marin. Holy, I, I, I'd be <laughs> I'd be uh, I'd be a rock star at the podcasting game, but now I got in when everybody and their stupid mother thinks they could do this, which is so 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 frustrating. And yeah. the other thing, then I listened to Eric Logan, and we started building out that channel, and we started uh, grabbing people that did did have podcasts early on. You know, guys like oh I don't know Joe Rogan and Bill Burr, they were <laughs> actually on on the weekends on our channel, right? Yeah, I remember. I, I used to help program it. I brought them on board and I made those deals. And then Bill Burr famously came to me and said, look, Ope, uh, I'm at a point in my career, you know, I need to start making money for my content. And I understood that because a lot of guys, when they're coming up, they're just so grateful to be on the Opie and Anthony show because, you know, we're going to sell them more tickets. Right. Uh, it got to the point with Bill Burr. He didn't need that anymore. He was doing really well. And he's like, look, I'm not asking for a lot of money, but I'm finally to a point in my career. I need to get paid for my content. I go, I understand that, Bill, you know? Yeah. And he wasn't holding anybody up. So I went to a stupid Don Wicklin who went to the bosses <laughs> at Sirius XM. And he famously said that we don't need, ready for this, we don't need Bill Burr or Joe Rogan on the channel <laughs> you guys are you don't know what the fuck you're doing joe rogan didn't even want money at the time he was on right. on the weekends and don wickland decided because these guys can't think out of a out of the box they're like well we'll put some podcasts and other shows on on the weekend but they got to fit in like our blocks yeah i and remember that rogan, yeah. rogan famously uh, came to me and he's like yo oh look I love being on your channel. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, you and Anthony, and, I, and I, I love what you guys do. But I can't have my show chopped up. All I'm asking is you, you play the entire show yeah. in its entirety on the weekend. So I go, I go back to Don, who went to Boston. So I don't want to completely blame Don because he officially wasn't making any of these decisions. But he was, yeah. he was the go-between. He comes back to me and goes, oh, we don't need Joe Rogan. And now look, Joe yeah. Rogan and Bill Burr are literally the biggest fucking guys out there right now. It's just stupid. I mean, I'm, yeah, I truly am glad that I'm uh, no longer part of that uh, that company. I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing as well as I I, I did when I was there, but I'm I, I have to say I'm way happier. Do sitting here talking to me is not a not your ideal career choice. You're fucking good at this, bro. It was it's stupid that I. Uh, just focus on you and your your stunts back in the day, because you certainly could talk about shit. Well, I you know I, yeah you know the kids got the gab you know 
tone. <laughs> yeah. With your daughter at daycare, are you worried that uh, other kids and parents aren't doing the right thing and, and keeping their kids safe from this this stupid coronavirus? Or well, what? the way, like, in the beginning, I was terrified. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, in the beginning, I was really worried about it. And then they only had, they closed daycare. So I, I was home with both the kids for a long time. And then they opened it up. You know, I live in New Jersey, and the, and the state was like, we'll open up daycares for essential workers. And I'm considered an essential worker. I'm quote unquote considered a first responder, but um, so they opened it up just for that. And we let her go back for that. And I was just like, well, if she's going to get it. She's going to get it. And then we're going to get through it and figure it out. And so far, so good. Like all the people there wear masks, you know, like, like you walk in, you got to do one at a time, do temperature checks. You got to do hand sanitizer, the whole deal. So like, They've been pretty careful so far. So, you know, knock on wood, so far, so good. Yeah, I was at the butcher yesterday, and we were talking about it. And a young guy like yourself, probably early to mid-30s, and I asked I asked everybody. I just want to get the feel of what's going on out there. And and you know what? Everyone's wearing masks. It's kind yeah. of funny when, when the mask uh, debate happens because in my stupid little world, it's tiny. I, I don't see a lot of people, but everyone is wearing a fucking mask. Yeah. Uh, some are being dicks and letting it fall uh, below their nose and whatnot. That's, <laughs> they're showing that they're defiant, but whatever. Right. I'm at the butcher, and I asked the guy, and he goes, just like you just said, he goes, at first I was terrified, and then I went through a period like uh, I didn't think it was a big deal at all. And then he said what changed him was that uh, people around him were dying from it. The deal with this stupid thing is you just simply don't know. I, I believe most of us will be okay if we get it. Yes, of yeah. course. But, but you don't know if you're going to get the sniffles or, or if you're going to die from this stupid thing. My parents just got the vaccine. Really? Yeah, my, my parents, because my mom... My mom had uh, cancer in 2018, and Sorry, she beat yeah. it. No, she well, she beat it. You know, she's good to go, but she's she's like highly immunocompromised. So right. they like they like her doctor called her and was like, "We want to vaccine you, vaccinate you and your husband." And yeah. my, my mom is one of those people like you who literally walked in her house in March and has not been out since. Yeah, and I, I'm and I can't I can't blame her. You know, I can't yeah. blame her. So yeah. they went they went and got their first round of a. Uh, of the vaccination last week. Uh, right so, on. No, and, I think if I was your age, I, I absolutely would look at this differently. But you know, I have no choice. I'm the age I am, so I'm uh, definitely more worried than the 30 year olds out there. So, and yeah. um, and brother Weez, he's uh, he's he's suffering, man. I'm really mm. really worried about brother Weez up there in Rochester. Well, actually, he's he lives in Florida half the time, and he he caught coronavirus down in Florida. Damn. He was still doing his radio show, uh, just still kicking ass, but sounding like crap. And he has a crappy <laughs> voice to begin with. Right. And uh, he hasn't been on the radio in the last two days. And uh, I don't know, man. He's got a really bad. So we're we're just fucking hoping for the best. We were able to get him on the antibodies uh, treatment, so we're you know, hoping we're hoping that kicks in. And that's what he's yeah. hoping. He I said it's like a 50-50 chance that it kicks in and saves your fucking life. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. I've had a couple of people like relatively close to me get it, and it's like they either they don't taste or smell for two weeks, and then they're fine. Yeah. Or like my uh, my brother-in-law got it, and he was like on death's door for like 10 days. Wow. Yeah, and he's younger than me. He's like in his 20s. Yeah. And, yeah, and, he, and like I heard that he was sick, and I was like, oh, I hope he's all right. And then I, I found out like three days later that – you know, he hasn't gotten out of bed in five days and he feels like he's going to die. And, you know, he doesn't have the strength to take a leak. Like, it hits everybody different. 
but he's all good yeah. now. Like he just he wrote it out and he's fine. Uh beautiful. I'm I'm glad to hear. Well, listen, Pat. My yeah. dog's literally, uh, it's too much information, I understand, but he's sniffing my ass. Yeah. So that means he's got to he's uh, dump somewhere on that beach. Yeah. So I got to, and, and yeah. I just realized uh, that I got to wake the kids up. Oh, my God. I, I got <laughs> so, lost talking to you here. Some would say I'm doing the same thing as your dog. So enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about, but what was the, what was your favorite bit you did on the old Opie and Anthony show? Let's end with that. What was your favorite? Because a lot of people would say Baby Bird by far, I think. But what was your favorite one you ever did for the show? Uh, my personal favorite would be probably the dog shit toothbrush. Oh, God. And, and only because of the sh like, like Baby Bird was really cool and all. But that was like in the beginning, nobody knew who I was. And then that was my opportunity to do it again. Right. And then, you know, and then show people that I could do that again and, and, you know, think of something better in my eyes, better. And, right. you know, it was like my opportunity to just prove that I'm not just going to do this one thing and then ride it. And then there was the, there was that. And then, you know, I really enjoyed like when you guys would just bring me in and like, I would occasionally get a funny line off, you know, and it was like, you know, certain situations, like I got line of the day, like three times. I remember that. That was a Ooh. good time. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and we like, it wasn't one necessarily like one event. I remember on like we on Fridays we'd have the bleachers come in and we'd pull them into the studio, and those were just the funnest shows. Like that's how I ended up getting kicked in the nuts, you know. Like yeah. that's how I, I staple my face and all that. Like that, that was a really good time. So I'd say the I'd say the baby bird was the, my foot in the door, and then the dog shit toothbrush was the stepping off point. Right on, Rachel, who's um, a newer listener slash fan slash friend i would say at this point she's been uh checking out these live streams since i started them a while ago when i was just playing old episodes she, she, she just wrote uh it's too early a dog shit <laughs> she's puking they make it extremely long story short we were feuding with another show right and another guy was they were doing shit with stuff with shit human shit yeah. and yeah. The, the challenge was made that we couldn't top i think he like he put his shit in a hat and yeah, I came up with the idea that because the other guy that we we're dealing with on the show was supposedly crazy and would do anything, it didn't matter. So I said, you know what, nobody's gonna do is nobody's gonna brush their teeth with dog shit. And right. I said, I said, well, if there's anybody that's gonna do it, it's gonna be this guy. And yeah, I had I, I lived with my brother at the time, and he had two dogs, Volkswagen and Juniper. And yeah. I went out in the yard and picked up a piece of dog shit, and I smuggled it across state lines on public transport. And I brushed my teeth with it in the studio. Oh, my God. When I look back on the Opie and Anthony show, there were a couple of dark periods. Okay. The one was when we started focusing on, uh, God, there's no other way to say it. So shit humor. Yeah. Like we just got obsessed with that for a while. And we were on yeah. regular radio doing this crap. I know. <laughs> and we were a really, really funny show. And we had all the top comedians coming in. Some of the guys uh, way before they were even famous. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we probably focused on that a little too much. Yeah, we didn't need to do that. <laughs> and then at the end of a run when me and Anthony, not only were we not getting along, I mean, we didn't really get along for the most part, but we at least figured out how to work together. We started uh, down the, um, the gay, uh, the gay route. And I remember we did a bit where we invited straight guys in that were so desperate for money. 
and they were doing, um, let's just say some acts to try to win money. And I remember Anthony looked at me and I looked at him and you gotta, you gotta know, we did not like each other at all. And we were barely looking at each other and we certainly weren't working together anymore. And I remember the look in his eyes and I had the same look and I think we were saying to each other, like, Oh fuck, this is over. (laughs) I tapped out. Anthony definitely tapped out and Jimmy was still all gung ho trying to make it to work. I guess God bless him because you know, we yeah. still had a radio show to do, but I remember me and Anthony looking at each other like, what are we doing at this point? We don't yeah. need to be doing this insane, crazy shit. It's like watching Fonzies, you know, jump over the sharks in Ooh. midair. You look at each other. I'll never forget that look that we had uh, towards each other. Like maybe it's time, but then, you know, the whole show imploded on its own, whatever. But uh, you should, uh, you mean. should, you should text them about it today. Maybe. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat. Listen, I gotta get. Uh, I gotta get my kids up, and for real, I gotta get my dog out on that beach. But uh, this was yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you having me. And why don't you, uh, why don't you promote that Instagram again? Now, remember, back in the day when you promoted something on the old Opie and Anthony show, people would text me and call me and go, holy shit, I just got 10,000 new followers. <laughs> now you're going to get another maybe 10 on your Instagram account. Which is fine by me because it's literally just pictures of my kids and, you know, yeah. random things that I see. And my Instagram is Pat F and Duffy. So please flock to it by all means. All right, there you go, Pat Duffy. Thanks, thanks, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. Really. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>